Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Shannon McLay, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, once again, and I am joined on this episode by Shannon McClay. She is the CEO and founder of The Financial Gym, a revolutionary financial services company focused on financial wellness for all. We dive into the reason that she founded the company. We talk about the barriers and the biases that people can face when it comes to tackling their finances, anxiety, things like that. Now, over the past 10 years, Financial Gym has worked with thousands of clients in all 50 states, all income brackets and all backgrounds. We get into the origin story there. So much more. Let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Shannon McClay. Enjoy. Shannon, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. Time and money go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason the aphorism exists <laughs> is now the interesting thing is that obviously with time, when it's gone, it's gone. Money, you know, mm-hmm. the money that it's weird because people go, well, you can always earn back money. I'm like, but you can't earn back that money. And also, mm-hmm. I think the more important thing is safeguarding your money. And time is the thing that I like to correlate, like making sure that you're being wise with that. So we've had Ashley Willens on the show to talk about being time smart Mm -hmm. and uh, Donna McGeorge recently talking about uh, the idea of getting money back, like refund Mm -hmm. on your day kind of stuff, the one day refund. But I want to start with you in terms of the the financial gym. Mm -hmm. What led you to you know, get started with the financial gym and like some of your personal finance journey, because I know I've always had a rocky relationship with, with money until Mm -hmm. I met somebody who is my wife, who is much better with money than I I am. But I'd love to hear your story as to, you know, what led you to, you know, you know, to where you're at now. Yeah. I have to say, Mike, I always love when people disclose their relationship with money right away to me. And I'll I'll tell you what, you're not alone. And the large majority of people have a rocky relationship with money. So um, I always had a positive relationship with money in that I just always wanted to make it and I was good at making it. And I was a business major. I graduated 23 years ago and I told people all the time, I'm not saving the world. I'm just making money. And I was really good at it. I had an investment banking job, worked on trading floors and kept making money till I hit about 30. And then I was like, I don't know if this is really, didn't, wasn't really resonating for me anymore. And at the time I needed a financial advisor. I felt like I did. I was married, had a child, buying a house, all the reasons why you feel like you need somebody to help you with your money. And I was working for Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch at the time. And I thought it'd be really easy to find my advisor because I was working with them. But in the process of looking for myself, I realized they all looked and felt the same. And, um, 
they couldn't really find the advisor I wanted. So I thought if you can't beat them, join them. So I became a Merrill Lynch financial advisor feeling like I, I wanted to help, you know, people understand their money like me and all these things. And I was hoping to change. I thought there was an issue with diversity, inclusivity with advisory. Um, I realized the biggest problem is inclusivity as far as clients. So to work with me at Merrill Lynch, you had to have 250,000 in assets. You couldn't even, I couldn't even count you as a relationship as a household if you didn't have that. So I had, you know, I always say mentor in air quotes because I really didn't take any of his advice, but I had a mentor back in the day who said, you know, pre-screen all your calls, Shannon, make sure they have money before you even meet with them because it won't even count. You don't even waste your time. And I just remember thinking, I am not going to ask somebody how much they have in their bank account before we've had coffee. Like, I just don't feel comfortable like that. So I became the yes to every meeting advisor. So if somebody's like, oh, I've got a friend who needs a financial planner, I'm like, great. And one of my first meetings was with a woman and it was very much like a movie. She said, I have 250,000. And I was like, great. And then she said, of student loan debt. And it was like, (laughs) like, this is, this is not what I was expecting. And she said, I'm making $50,000 a year, not the six figure salary that my expensive law school told me I was going to make. And she was going on and on about it. And she said, and and I just feel unlovable. Who would want to marry me with all of this debt? And it was a lot to unpack. And I thought I can't help her at Merrill, but I want to help this person. So um, I just started creating these plans on the side and, and, spent the next few months becoming the worst financial advisor ever because I loved my pro bono clients, like the people with no money. Um, And that was kind of what I wanted to do. And I had an, you know, my aha moment helping this one woman um, who's a pro bono client. And at the end of her meeting, you know, I was telling her, here's how much you should save. Here's how we do with the credit cards or student loans. And at the end of the meeting, she said, you know, you're saving my life, right? And I was like, oh, like this feels so much better than like the the two percenter meetings I was having. And, you know, I realized there's a whole, the large majority of the population, especially in America, needs this kind of help. Um, and every financial services company wants to help this very small population. And I was on a weight loss journey at the same time. And I just remember thinking there are so many places I could go to get physically healthy. Yeah. But if people want to get financially healthy, where do I where do they go? Where do I send these people to that's going to treat them like um valuable and like a human being and where anybody could work out. And I thought you would go to a financial gym. So that was 10 years ago. This month I had that idea and it's been a wild journey um, filled with a lot of ups and downs. But um, at this point we've worked with thousands, tens of thousands of clients across the country in all 50 states of all financial shapes and sizes and learned a lot of lessons along the way. And um, so I love when people tell me their their financial stories because um, money is more, it is the ultimate taboo topic. And that's the biggest lesson I've learned. It's, I always say we're more comfortable getting physically naked with somebody than financially naked. Mm-hmm. And um, and we see that, you know, our, our clients coming to us, it's like worse than the dentist, you know, or the doctor that yep. when they're telling, you know, what their money is, because we can't we can hide our money from other people. And um, and so a lot of times we do. And that leads to feelings of fear and shame and all a lot of negative emotions happen. It's really interesting the way that you kind of approach this from the vantage point of and it's so from the vantage point of I want to help the people who aren't getting the help that they need mm-hmm. and can't necessarily, and, and the, and the weird dichotomy of being able to afford help right. to learn how to manage their money better yeah. with the idea that we don't, I don't, it, it's the same thing that I get with time where people say, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have the money. And it's like, 
there's a lot of help for the people who have a lot of money or have mm-hmm. a lot of agency over their time, but mm-hmm. very little for the people who hit fit quote in the middle, right? You know, where yeah. it's it, so what's been the most challenging thing for you working with because it, it's gotta be rewarding, but it also there has to be challenges to know that yes, you can train them. Yes, you've got your trainers, which we'll talk about. But mm-hmm. it's not a – it's got to be a relationship. It can't just be yeah. like we're going to hold your hand the whole way um, because they do have yeah. to put in the work, right? You got to do the work, yeah. I mean it's just like any any health journey, whether it's physical or mental, there is work to be done. And um, and that's – you know, honestly, the, the clients that we have the most, quote, challenging time with are the ones that really aren't ready to do the work. Mm. You know, if they're, if they're ready to show up we know we can get results to the, to so much so that we have a money back guarantee because yep. we know like exactly how to get results. And and to your point about not being able to afford it, what we tell people, our average clients paying us about a hundred dollars a month. And I always say, if a hundred dollars a month is going to make or break you, then you need to join our gym. Right. Because nobody should live a life where a hundred dollars is going to make or break you. And I know it seems scary, but you know, we've seen the results. We have literally broken debt cycles for people. We have changed generations by working with families and, and teaching them and working on like skills that are going to help them specifically. So if clients show up and we talk about this all the time, the trainers do, we'll have clients that, that might take a full year, right. To figure it out, just like a weight loss journey. Sometimes it's going to take some time to figure out what exercises work right for you. What's going to motivate you. And, and the trainer's trying to figure that out the whole time. And we've had clients go like a full year and then finally it starts clicking. And then it, and then it just all starts compounding in a positive way for them, but it might take them a full year. And we always talk about internally at the gym. We're like, if they show up, they will get results. If they keep showing up every quarter, they keep meeting with the trainer. We just know it's going to pay off over time. And it always does. So right now, as we're recording this, we're kind of hitting a weird financial cycle that many Mm -hmm. people have not experienced before. Um, There's different people calling it different things. Some people are saying it's a result of the pandemic. Some people are saying it was going to happen regardless. I mean, that's neither here nor there. Somebody who is thinking about taking control of their financial situation and getting help, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, mm-hmm. the, and we're going to talk about the approach that the financial gym takes in a bit. Cause I, I do love the idea of tethering the idea of fitness and mm-hmm. money finance, because frankly, fitness just doesn't encompass the body. But mm-hmm. for somebody who is right now in the midst of dealing with, they don't have their money ished together for lack of a better term. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out how to navigate that knowing that there is this recession that we're either in the midst of or looming and it doesn't it's not like it's going to be gone tomorrow what are some of the things that they should be thinking about or that can help them maybe break through the biases of like it's there's like a level of hopelessness uh that they might be feeling Right. So if somebody is out there feeling like it's hopeless, they're not alone. There was just a recent Financial Health Network survey that came out for 2022 results. And only 31% of Americans are considered financially healthy. And of that subset, only 23% of women are considered that. And of that, only 15% of Black people are considered financially healthy. So if you're feeling like you're not financially healthy, you're not alone is the the best thing I could tell you. You're If you're feeling like you're alone, you're not. Um, so we always encourage people to talk about it, to open up about it, to have conversations about it, make it less taboo. But 
um, you know, when it comes to your personal situation, there's very tactical things to do. And, you know, one of the biggest things we hear at the gym all the time is I don't know where my money's going. I don't know where my, and which cracks me up all the time. Cause there's a million apps that could tell you exactly where your money's going, but but we know money is very emotional for most people. They, I, I think it's something like 76% of people experience financial anxiety. So it doesn't even matter if you're doing well. We ha- we see clients that we would call financially healthy who have who get anxious around their money as well. So, right. so I think the biggest thing that we tell people is, you know, there's a reason why they're not financially healthy. And, and one of the biggest reasons is they're scared to get in the weeds and get in the numbers and look at the things because it's anxiety inducing and usually things that are anxiety inducing we don't want to do. No, it's and like we'll the fear, just, right? Like I mean, they, yeah. they, they, it's it, it's worse than I think it is. Or yeah, you know, yeah, like you know, and I can t- I can attest to that. Like I mean, we've had Jesse Meekum on the show before to talk about you know the idea of you need a budget, which I think is a mm-hmm. phenomenal way to that's that's an example of a of a method mm-hmm. nap. But I mean. It was one of those things where I had to look at it. Now, what's fascinating yeah. is once you, I feel like I've gotten better at it to the point where money is aging and I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice, but we're not in a debt-free scenario yet, but we're able to plunk a lot more. So once it's it's really challenging if you don't know to mm-hmm. deal with it. And yeah. in order to know, you have to get, yeah, like you said, you have to get in the weeds. You have to face the fear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you have to get in there. And the thing I tell people who are about to go embark on that journey, I I said, look, this is the best thing I can tell you. And it's a thousand percent true. Everything you do financially is fixable. Mm -hmm. Every single thing. We are not talking about life or death. Like there are certain fears that are going to, that could have a a very horrible effect on you. This is not. So everything you do financially is fixable. We've coached people who've come out of bankruptcies. We've coached them into the bankruptcy so they could get out of it. Mm -hmm. We have, we've seen people with credit scores in the four and 500 range get to the seven, 800 range. You know, I say it's just a matter. It's, it's, everything's fixable. It's um, the amount of fix thing we have to do, but everything is fixable. And so the first step though, is, is getting involved and, and, um, and it takes work. Sometimes we have people join our gym and at the same time realize they might need therapy because it brings up traumas or experiences. And most people, when they start to tell us about their money story, it usually goes back to childhood. It usually goes back to something that was happening in their home. And typically it was their parents fighting over money or their, one of their parents, and they could see it and feel it and they were experiencing it. And, you know, that was what they were seeing. But our most financially healthy clients were actually hearing about money in their home in a positive way growing up. So even if they didn't take their parents' advice, they were hearing their parents talk about the importance of saving and knowing the, you know, how to spend your money and asking for what you're worth and working hard and all these types of concepts. But it's not the majority of people. Let's talk about the approach because... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated when you're able, when anyone is able to, and especially when they build a business on it, to take something that is largely objectively understood, like going Mm -hmm. to the gym or working out, and is able to tether that to something else. So like, for example, I'll give you a quick example from my side of things. So when someone says, um, 
Like one of the things I talk about is task decomposition. So breaking tasks down into their smallest mm-hmm. particles. And often what they'll find is that there's projects hiding in their to-do list that are, you know, actually like they're hiding as tasks. And so you break them down and then the biases of like, oh my gosh, I have way more things to do than I thought. No, you can just see them now. Like getting, again, mm-hmm. getting in the weeds. But but I'll use common examples like, okay, tell me how to do laundry. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you just go do the laundry. I'm like, I've never done laundry before. Can you break that down? And when they say, oh, yeah, I'm like, laundry is a project. Driving a car is a project. Grocery, like the more you do it, mm-hmm. the better you get at that. And then when I think about g- the going to the gym, it's the same thing. Like I was, mm-hmm. I mean, you, if you go to the gym and don't have training and have someone helping you initially, you could mm-hmm. get hurt. You could mm-hmm. do the wrong thing. Like, it's not about how many you do or how heavy you lift. It's all about form initially, right? Yeah. Which are things that you don't really hear about, but it's the stuff that's the hard stuff to get repetitive. Yeah. So I'd love to hear the kind of metaphor or analogy that the financial gym uses in terms of trainers with Mm -hmm. with the relationships to finances yeah so i joke that or my team jokes that my love language is analogies because Mm -hmm. we're chock full of them at the gym but i i I saw very similar situations happening again while i was on this weight loss journey and helping clients financially and and i would see that when i was at merrill lynch i would give my clients to-do lists and ask them you know what they were going to do and then we'd meet every quarter and they didn't do it and then and then they would get mad at me if the market wasn't performing well. And I was like, well, I have zero control over the markets and so do you, mm-hmm. but you have control over your tasks, like going back to the things that I asked you to do, yep. like saving. Um, and so I realized when I was at Merrill's, like I, I got to be able to see what's happening. And so part of the secret sauce of our training is that we see exactly how our clients are spending their money. And a lot of times that feels anxiety inducing. It's like, oh, you're going to see all my things. And um I'm nervous about that, but we're not looking at your transactions. We're not watching it in in a state of judgment. We're trying to figure out how we can help align your spending or your patterns, your behaviors with your goals and where you want to go. Because we, we start our relationship, a trainer client relationship starts with our first session. We call your financially naked mm-hmm. session, which is tongue in cheek, but it's where we're, we are saying that because we are identifying and knowing the fact that we're going to ask you a lot of things about your financial picture. And it is going to feel emotionally like you're stripping naked, but we're going to be fully clothed. Right. But we want you to feel comfortable with everything you're about to tell us, all of the, what's in the ca- the bank account, what, how much credit card debt you have, student loans, all the things you've done. We want you to feel comfortable because we don't care what you look like fin- when you're financially naked. We don't care. Um, there's, it, cause again, it's, it's fixable. It's changeable. We just care about where you want to go. Right. Right. And it doesn't matter where you start. We just care about where you want to go. So we're, when we're asking all those questions, it's just to understand where you are. And then we start asking the questions about where you want to go. Mm-hmm. If money wasn't a factor, if you weren't living paycheck to paycheck, if things could be different, what are those destinations on your road trip, your goals? And most people are driving around without goals or destinations because they feel lost. They feel like they can't make these decisions or they've made some big decisions in the past and now they feel stuck in them. And so we're helping identify that. And then we can, you know, put the roadmap in place. And we use a lot of fitness analogies because most people tell us, I don't understand money, but most people understand a fitness journey. And so one of my first clients, she said, look, I don't understand money, but I've run a marathon. So I get it. And I tell people it's very similar to marathon training, going on a financial health journey. It's like, look, 
you are not going to run a full marathon the day after you decide to do it. You are going to train. You're going to run a little bit of a tie, you know, and then you're going to build up. You're going to have rest days. You're going to have, you know, setback days. And then you keep kind of pushing forward. And at some point you'll get to the 20 plus miles, but um, it's going to take time and work and energy. And that's where, you know, the partner comes in and our trainers there, you know, we call your trainer, your BFF, your best financial friend. And sometimes the key to getting somebody over those hurdles and, and still progressing is just that positive reinforcement, the reminder that they've progressed. And, and sometimes they don't see it. Sometimes they don't have a big win that quarter because they didn't hit their financial goals that we set for them. But we're like, look, look what you didn't do. Like you right. didn't go back into credit card debt or you didn't do this or you did this. And then they're like, oh yeah, I didn't really like, cause we only, we look at the negative. Our we, worst look, graders. Yeah, yeah. we look at the, well, it, it's kind of like, you know, you've heard that statement, like show me your bank statement or show me your credit card statement and I'll show you what you value. Like mm -hmm. that judgmental statement right out of the gate puts people on, you know, it gets their backs up. And and what yeah. I like about the what you're talking about there is that it falls into the line of that Walt Whitman quote, like be curious, not judgmental, right? Because right. you're not going to, if you're coming from a place of curiosity, then rather than judgment, you're, you're, it's again, like, it's kind of like using humor to die, you know, kind of yeah, not dissect, but uh, uh, kind of um, strip away some of the safeguards that people put mm -hmm. up, right? And and what I I'm wondering. So let, let let me give you a couple of scenarios that might be interesting mm -hmm. because, especially again, looking at the recession kind of thing that we're facing right now, mm -hmm. well, and but we also have people that are not they're working fractionally. They're not working mm -hmm. for one employer or they're freelancers. So. A scenario would be uh, you've got somebody that is a freelancer, mm -hmm. their contract worker, and their money ebbs and flows. Um, my wife's a good example, right? So she, I mean, she again, she's good with money, but she knows that certain times of year as an acupuncturist, people are not going to be coming in versus to her clinic mm -hmm. versus that they are going to be coming in, especially as the tail end of the year comes by because nobody uses their benefits throughout the course of the year. Yeah. They wait until December <laughs> to, 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 you know, which again, guilty. Isn't, well, but that's another example of like, I've got to fix it all right now. And mm -hmm. that's not how that works. So for somebody who has uh, either irregular income or sp like spikes and, and peaks and valleys, what are some of the things that, that, for example, the financial gym and even you, maybe yeah. you face that as well, that you would do mm -hmm. to kind of make sure that that anxiety, because I'm sure with those peaks and valleys comes the anxiety peaks and valleys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what I love about what we do is it, it, our trainers can work with anybody. So it doesn't matter what your situation is. The truth is, is it easier to train somebody who has a W-2 income, who's just making consistent income? Yes. Um, is it more challenging to train somebody, financially train somebody who um, is like your, your wife or, you know, has that contract work? It is challenging, but we know how to do it. Actually, our number one employer at the gym is self-employed. So we're very comfortable with this type of scenario. And the biggest thing we're going to work on with those people is setting up systems and um, creating a, a more stable financial environment for them. Because what happens when you have this inconsistent income, it, it usually leads to inconsistent behaviors. So like mm -hmm. It's like feast or famine, right? When the checks come in, it's like we spend, we feel great. And then when they don't, we're living 
living this life of depravity and we're, you know, like the world's going to end. So we try to get them on a, a consistent basis. It's a best practice to build up a savings account at some point, if you can, that's going to be your payroll account for yourself. I'm saying payroll in air quotes mm-hmm. um, so that you can, you know, fund this account and then pay yourself. So do transfers twice a month, like you're getting a paycheck and create a more stable environment. So sometimes people don't have that ability. They're coming to us. They've already been on the road. They don't have enough savings, but that's where we're going to work them up to. Because the other thing they don't think about when they're, especially when they're contract working or working on their own, what about sick days? What about vacation days? If you're not working, you know, so we want to create that kind of stability. Taxes is, uh, (laughs) I can't, Mike, I can't tell you how many people have come to us with IRS debt or they haven't filed in years. Cause again, they're scared. And we're like, we're going to have to face this. And yeah. I, the best thing I could say, if you're somebody like that out there, it is actually not bad. We have had, you know, every CPA you'll talk to is like, the best thing you can do is let the government know, you know, like stop trying to hide from the government. That is they death and taxes are only thing that are guaranteed. So stop hiding, um, work with a CPA that they do this all the time. And it actually isn't that bad. We've had clients get money back. They didn't file for years because they were so scared of taxes. Meanwhile, they ended up getting refunds and we're like, you, you know, why, why did you wait so long? So how do you, how do you, again, and I'm going to try to relate this to the work I do as well, because I think one of the things I face, whether I'm working with people that are members of the time crafting trust premium community who are doing coaching or cohorts or, or what have you, is this, I want to get to this place, like this Mm -hmm. far off goal, like tomorrow, right? The, the, The lack of patience is, is the word I'll use, but it's like Mm -hmm. they, they want that big win, right? Or they want that, they want to get to the finish line. Like you're talking Mm -hmm. about the marathon runner without actually putting in the reps. Mm -hmm. How, How do you and, and, and your trainers work with people who, Cause we have a propensity for that. Like it's, I, yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's unique to, I think it's just something like we want the problem solved. So yeah. let's fix the problem. But to your point, and you've said everything is fixable, but the mm-hmm. thing is there are some people that are going to want the quick fix, which may not yeah. be the best one, or they want the fix now, even though it's not something that can be fixed right away. How do you navigate that? Yeah. So it depends on what the scenario is and what they want to do and what their current scenario is. But, but for the most part, what we do is we try to set smaller goals before that big one. So break it down. Like you're saying, break it down. Cause um, we know that if they achieve a smaller success, that's going to motivate them to achieve the next one and the next one. Cause the more comfortable they feel achieving something, um, especially around their money, the more they get into the, the process of doing more. So we'll typically find, so they'll tell us, I want to start my own business or I want to buy a house or, you know, some of those big goals. And we're like, great. But then we also get smaller goals that we'll have them focus on first. So maybe I want to save for a fur baby, or I want to get a tattoo, or I want to travel to Spain. Maybe it's like a two to $3,000 goal, or I want to pay off this credit card. And we, and we, try to help prioritize the smaller things. And and it's intentional because we're like, we know if we can get them to do this thing, then we keep building to the bigger thing. Um, So we do try to build in a a way for them to feel success sooner than later, even though we might not achieve the big thing, um, we can achieve something else. But, but honestly, we had, um, especially in 2020, when interest rates dropped, we had a lot of clients who had home buying goals, but they weren't quite there with down payments and things like that. And we're like, 
let's make it happen. You know, we, there's also a way that we can find a way for that big goal to happen sooner than later too, you know? So there's different programs, um, that they could have where you could do less than 20% down or, um, you know, we can find a way to make it work. Um, so we're also trying to find that, you know, balance too, because, um, even though we were planning to buy the, we had so many clients, I can't even tell you, Mike, that had goals of buying homes for like five years down the road. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm ready to buy a house. And you're like, all right, let's, let's figure it out. You know, we, we joke that we're the backseat driver of the car and we're like, and we joke that all of our clients took like a hard left in 2020, like, and went in whole different directions. And we're just like, okay, like let's, let's, you know, we had them, you know, moving and buying homes and traveling abroad, you know, or living abroad because they could, because remote work became big. I mean, they took a lot of turns, but we were like, okay, let's just adjust now. Yep. And, and we can. Um, Before we wrap up, one thing that I'm curious about, because um, I tend to share thoughts, insights, ideas about time and mm-hmm. productiveness that may seem unconventional or may seem counter to what is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the wa- same about money. I was going to say, what's, <laughs> what's, but that's the thing is like, what's a convention that you feel gets so much play or press mm-hmm. That you feel like you have to be like the 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 prophet for the thing that is you know you have to go whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. like wait like I'm like for example um, uh, inbox zero I hate inbox zero I think it's like a terrible idea but I know why it exists it's because mm-hmm. it's a way to quantify progress even though it may not be the right progress but because it's easily quantifiable and objective people have this understanding of it oh i got my email down to zero today great that must mean you were productive no it doesn't necessarily mean that plus the term inbox zero as people who've listened to the show for a while know that's not what merlin Mann meant when he said inbox zero not at all Mm -hmm. but it's been corrupted and and now if you were to try to tell somebody that they'd be like well no but i read this place and this so that's my question for you Mm -hmm. is what's something that you're like Hold up, that is counterproductive, that is bad yep. advice, yep. and we need to like put the brakes on that. There's actually two areas. So one is maxing out your retirement account, saving for retirement. Um, and and I'll tell we'll tell people, we'll coach them out of contributing to retirement accounts. And people are like, what? You're throwing money away, and this is free money from companies and what have you. But if you think about, we imagine, we tell our clients, your life journey is like a road trip across, let's just say it's across the US and, and New York is starting out in California's retirement. Well, there's a lot of road trip between New York and California. And if you're putting all your money in California and retirement, and there's tax implications of getting it out and, and penalties of getting it in California, and, and you don't have enough gas to make it to Philadelphia, you're going to be in trouble. And mm-hmm. so we see this happen frequently where people are oversaving into their retirement accounts. But meanwhile, they've got credit card debt at 25% and their retirement's paying seven or 8%. We're like, you're never going to get caught up here. So, you, you know, like, let's look around your cash situation. Let's adjust your expenses. And, and we will turn back on the retirement at some point, but we want our clients saving their money in the way that they're going to be spending their money, which is emergency fund first. So mm-hmm. we highly prioritize emergency fund because that's Philadelphia, right? We want to make sure yeah. we have gas for Philadelphia first. Yep. Then we think about middle life goals. So 
kids, home, what have you. I always say that's Disney World. That is the ultimate expensive off the beaten path just direction yep. to California. <laughs> yeah. So, which is great. I always yep. say kids are great. I got one, but they're the death of net worth. So we got it, but we got to have money and prepare for them. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, retirement. And as you're building along the way, those funds will become your retirement funds or will eventually start um, going into the retirement funds. It's, it's funny. I've got clients who've been with me six and seven years, and now we're really like ramping up the retirement. Yep. savings. And they're like, this is weird. We haven't been doing this. I'm like, yeah, because you didn't have an emergency phone no, we and, started. And it's very interesting because you bring that up. Like literally uh, um, two months ago, um, as of this recording, uh, our hot water tank, which is also our mm-hmm. gas, like it's a tankless hot, went, just went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was eight grand. Yeah. Like, and if we didn't have a handle on our finances, Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have had the money to pay for it. We had like that, I, that was a lot of money in an emergency fund that we had I, to, and it's gone by the way, yeah. now we're rebuilt. The thing is, is that it's gone and we're rebuilding the emergency fund again. Yeah. And we're now dealing with like, cause you can get energy grants and all that stuff. So now mm-hmm. we're getting it now that the work's done. But if you are in a position where you can't do that and you've got to put it on a credit card or you like mm-hmm. or, or borrow money or do something like that, or or remortgage, which is getting even more challenging because of yep. interest rates, interest not rates. just in the U.S., but in Canada, too. Um, mm-hmm. our, our mind, our attention, and I think this is a huge thing, our attention went from, okay, we had to use this for the, um, we had the money, so mm-hmm. we paid for it. Now let's uh, focus our attention on getting whatever rebates we can mm-hmm. and also rebuilding the fund. And that was yeah. all we worried about. We didn't worry about anything else because we saved like an X amount of dollars every month over an extended period of time. So the pain wasn't the, oh, the pain, the bill was a pain, Yeah, but we yeah. weren't, but we weren't like, where are we going to get that money? But and it wasn't traumatizing. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass. No yeah. question, but it yeah. was not, it was not traumatizing. And the fact of the matter is, is, um, you know, it's, it was like, it's not like we couldn't get it. Like we had right. to heat our house and heat hot water. Like it's not, and those are the things you don't anticipate. I mean, a car breaking down, that's a different kind of emergency because you could mm-hmm. technically go without a car. You could, if yeah. you had to, um, at least we could, um, but that no chance. So emergency isn't about like, well, what if my car breaks down? Oh, I can get by. No, no, there's going to be something. There's oh, going there's to a be million. Something. I always tell people the $1,000 emergency or $1,000 surprise should never be surprising. The only surprise is what type of surprise is it? Do you need four new tires? Did your kid get sick? Did did you or hot water here? There is always, we've been doing, I've been doing this long enough. I had a client who's 24, have I like had an infection in her eye and have to go on short-term disability because she couldn't see. I mean, you know, things you just can't plan for. So yes, we are obsessive. We are cult-like about emergency funds at the gym because we see the importance of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is paying off student loans and being hyper-focused on paying off student loans. That's another thing that we, we see out there. Kids are 60, 67% of the population's graduating student loan debt. So yep. we understand that it's a bit, you feel like that, but um, we always tell people that's like, you know, used to be going to college was like buying a car. Now it's like buying a house and nobody would pay off a house very quickly. It's going to take time to pay off the house. Yeah. And there's other goals you're going to have. And we always tell clients like you, you also need cash. There's other life goals. You don't want to be living to pay off debt. Cause let me tell you what, that's going to get you fatigued as well. And then what happens is 2020 hits and now student loans have been paused, federal student loans in the U S mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is exactly what we're talking about. We told them because, you know, we, and then we had clients who've paid off student loans and they're like, well, 
there's $20,000 in cash that could have been in the bank yep. instead, you know, and they could have been building on that um, instead. So, you know, we just want a balanced approach. We're, we're big on saving and debt repayment because so because student loan, I mean, at least in Canada, the interest rate on a student loan is so much lower than on a credit card. Exactly. Right? Exactly. There's that. Plus, there's all different, especially if they're federal loans, there's all different forgiveness programs. If you become disabled, if you don't like there's so many different repayment solutions. And I always tell people, if you're going to have be on this debt repayment journey, that's going to be 10 or 20 years. A lot can happen in 10 or 20 years. A lot of surprises in life can happen over that period of time. And the best thing you're going to need to handle those surprises is cash in the bank, mm -hmm. not, you know, necessarily less debt. Like Again, we will pay off the debt. We need to pay off the debt, but let's prioritize it differently. Well, you have to have cash flow. If you don't have cash yeah. flow, then you can't. And I mean, it doesn't matter how big or small the cash flow is initially. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, it's, it's fast. And, and here's the thing. If you pay attention to this sort of stuff, it, it doesn't, you get better at it. Now, what I mm -hmm. love about what you're offering, you know, with the financial gym is that not only are you paying, you pay attention to it, but you have somebody else that knows a whole heck of a lot that mm -hmm. draws your attention to it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's the same kind of thing I do with my work. It's like, you know, like, well, why I'm like, productivity is not about getting faster, getting better. Those are byproducts. Mm -hmm. Productivity mm -hmm. is about what do you want to do or need to do? How are you going to pay attention to it? That yeah. link is the most important thing first. Then you get faster. Then mm -hmm. you get better, which I mean, as, as we were kind of preparing for this, I'm like, that's exactly what you do is it's like, mm -hmm. here's the, here's where we're at. What do you need? What do you want? Okay. Here's how we pay attention to it. Here's how we yep. pay attention. This is when we pay attention to it. And that's the thing that can be managed. Mm -hmm. Intentions and attention can be managed because those are things that we actually have agency over provided that we decide to claim agency over. Now we live in a world right. where <laughs> everything is trying to get our attention. And I think yeah. that that's where time and money really get in trouble. So mm -hmm. before we wrap up, if somebody is looking to um, pay more attention to this right out of the mm -hmm. gate, before they start working with you, and, and we'll, we'll share that near the, as we wrap up, what's mm -hmm. one step they can take right now to get better at paying attention to this sort of thing so that they can put themselves in a better state? The easiest first step is tracking your expenses, knowing where your money's going. Every you can download your your statements from the last three months. I tell people look at that without judgment. Just you know, take a look at it. See if you have problem areas, things in your spending that you didn't know were happening because you weren't looking, you weren't paying attention to all those statements. And then going forward, start tracking it every day, every month. There's plenty of apps to help you do that, and they're free. Or you could just use the notes function on your phone, but when do you start paying attention to how you're spending and adding it up, you start looking at it differently. So that was a tip I learned from Weight Watchers, which is now WW years ago. It's like, if you're tracking your calories, you're going to start consuming less calories because you're noticing it similar with your money. If you start tracking how you're spending your money, you'll spend it differently. Yep. And it's it, the interesting thing about money and time that is a differentiator is that time Tracking time can be great until you get to the point where you're over tracking it. That's with money. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do that to, to the same degree, to the same degree. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that we've done and it's become habitual and we're seeing the quantity 
go up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which allows us to make better quality choices as a result, mm -hmm. right? Which I think is 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 the best part about having greater financial agency and literacy. Um, mm -hmm. Shannon, um, this has been fantastic. Uh, where can people learn more about you? I know you've got the podcast yes. uh, and keep up with the work you're doing and also learn more about the financial gym. Yeah. If they want to hear more uh, and learn more about the financial gym, uh, financialgym.com is our website. We're on most social channels at uh, the financial gym. I have a podcast called martinis in your money, living a better life, one cocktail at a time. And, um, and then they, and I'm at Shannon at the Shannon McLeay, I believe on Instagram is where you can find me. Shannon, thanks so much for having a productive conversation with me today. Thanks, Mike. Thanks to Shannon for joining me on the program. You can check out all the links that were relevant to our conversation at productivityist.com slash podcast 476. And if you want to support the show, there's two things you can do. Number one, you can subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come and can easily search through the archives. So whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever, subscribe to the show right now. That way you don't miss anything and can easily find all the things related to a productive conversation. The other way to support the show is to check out the sponsors that you heard during this episode. And you can do that at productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors. There's a whole array of sponsors there. Check out what they have to offer. And if you do, let them know that we sent you. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for taking the time to join me. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.